0: about what to speak on uh, for our church on sunday night we've been going through the book of uh, psalms and uh, we've been doing it i guess for about a year and a half and uh, so i decided i'm just going to continue going on the book of psalms for now and we'll do just a short one with psalm 119 no psalm 52 psalm 52 I'm afraid that when I get to Psalm 19, it's going to take months to get through Psalm 19, 119. So let's open a prayer. Lord, we just thank for this wonderful time of fellowship together as we come together with the, the group from Henderson, and that we will just get a great blessing out of this, and they'll get some a blessing out of this. We ask for your leading and guidance as we look at this psalm in your son's name. Amen. All right, Psalm 52. To the chief musician, Mishra, a psalm of David, when the, old, the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. Why boast you yourself in mischief, O oh mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue desire devises mischief like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good and lying rather than, rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. You love all devouring words, O you deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy you forever, and he shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and root you out of the land of the living. Selah. The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusts in the abundance of his riches and strengthens himself in the... wickedness. But I like am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it and I will wait on your name for it is good before your saints. This story, if you remember the story of Daeg when, Paul, uh, when, you know, Paul went, when David was on the run from Saul on one of his many times to be running from Saul, he went to the temple. And he saw Ahimelech. <laughs> and he said, you know, David lied. He said, I'm on a mission for Saul and I had to go away in such a hurry that I left with no food or weapons and give me some. I don't know if you remember the story. It's in, it's in Samuel. Um, and so the priest asked him, well, our, we don't have any bread except the showbread. <laughs> and he gives him the showbread. And you know the showbread was for the priest. It was, it was the, the, the one that sat on the table in the, in, the holy, in the holy place and it was for the priest to eat and then he asked him for a sword and he said all the thing I've got here is Goliath's sword and he gave it to David and the sad thing if you remember the story is that Ahimelech because he just took care of David who he thought was on a mission for Saul ended up dead you know, and it's a really hard story and David writes this psalm. we're going to look at this because he's initially talking about Saul in this first part of it Why boast you yourself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God continues, endures continually. Saul, Saul, who started out so well, you know, he started out chosen by God, did great things for God. You remember he went off and he was prophesying and, and, and speaking everything, but he got proud and started turning away from God. And David's talking about it that, you know, you boast continually about mischief. About mischief. Seeking David's life. Turning away from God. And the sad thing is, how many times have maybe some of us done that as we've walked in our life? We kind of turn away from God, we start reading out of the book. Not that we lose our salvation, not that we're going to be turned away, but we get doing our own thing. And speak mischief, speak, speak things that aren't supposed to be spoken, you know. Not everybody goes through that, but many do, where they just get off. I, I've done it myself. I got off on a direction and didn't read my Bible, didn't do a lot of things. You know, really sad thing is I, I think I, t- well, I feel like I testified and witnessed more during that period, but it might have been that I was so guilty that I got convicted every time I witnessed to somebody. But how easy it is to get away from God. To get away from God and speak the way the world wants us to speak. It says, Your tongue devised mischief like a sharp razor working deceitfully. How easy it is for us to use our tongue to destroy. Yeah, I talk to people, even good Christians sometimes, and then you, you, you hear the words of the world coming out of them. And it's so easy to get the words of the world, isn't it? We don't get into God's word. We don't spend time with His people. Uh, we don't listen to teaching. We're not in His word, and all of a sudden we may even hear ourselves speaking the world's words. You know, uh, Pastor John was talking about just this idea of knowing who we are in Christ. We were speaking about that this morning ourselves. You know, and we talked about how Satan likes to give us a bunch of facts about who we are. <laughs> you know, it's a fact that I'm. I'm terrible, I'm a sinner, I don't deserve anything that I've got from God. Satan likes to throw the facts at us. But the truth is, we're washed in the blood. We're complete, we're clothed in Christ. We've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and being changed by the Holy Spirit. That is the truth. And here, David's talking about Saul living in deceit. Living in accusations. How easy is it to make accusations? You know, we even fall into, a lot, of, a lot of us in our own Christian walk, you know, when we don't get our way, or something's not going the way we think it should go, and we get all irritated, and we start, maybe innocently even, saying, well, I don't know why they're doing it that way. I don't know why they're doing this. And you know what, it might even be a true statement, but it's not maybe a godly statement. So easy, you know, to just say God is supposed to be our defense, is supposed to be our refuge. When we don't think things are going our way, right? we just need to take more refuge in God and just let him defend? I love letting God be my defense. It works out so much nicer. You know, anytime you try to defend yourself, and I know it's true for me and most people, you try to defend yourself <laughs> and make a mess out of everything. <laughs> You, know, you get in there and you kind of stir the pot, trying to defend yourself, and the next thing you know, they're mad at you. Everything else is going wrong again. And God, over and over, it's one of the things we're looking in in the Book of Psalms. Over and over, God says, "I am your defense. I am your refuge. I am your buckler." You now, sometimes it's just better to shut up and hide in God, and let Him defend us, and He does the work. And this is what this is what David's saying about Saul. He says, "You're." You're talking like a sharp razor (laughs) causing mischief. Maybe you've met somebody who has a tongue like a sharp razor causing mischief. Maybe, unfortunately, you've been the sharp razor causing mischief. (laughs) Uh, It's so easy to get into that. I mean, it's so easy to fall into this position. We've got the Word of God. We've got times in... Times of services, we've got times of listening to God and studying. But if we're not doing that, we've got a whole world trying to give us bad advice, bad thoughts, and it's so easy to get into the world. You know, sit down in front of a television set and watch the world. Read it. Read a newspaper. Go see a movie. Go talk to anybody who's not being godly, and you can fill your mind with all the lies of Satan. And in fact, this. God's got a truth for us. It's in the Word. For every truth that God has, Satan's got hundreds of lies. Hundreds. Bombarding us all the time. Bombarding us all the time. And we look at this, the way the world is set up. It was for a long time that, that God's rule held, that it was fornication, adultery, homosexuality was all wrong. Now the world is saying it's all okay and we need to accept it. Unfortunately, if we're going to stand on God's word, we can't accept it. We have to hold the standard. We have to hold the standard. Have, the world is bombarding us with these thoughts, these activities. Yeah. And if you've ever even found yourself thinking, well, it's okay they're living together because they're just, by, you know, they're just not hurting anybody. It's just the two of them. They've been that way for 10, 20 years. It's still not sitting in God's way of doing it. So we want to be careful. It's so easy to be lied to by the world and it is so easy for us to speak the world's way of thinking without even realizing that we've done it until we sit with somebody and we start talking and then we start really listening to what we say and going hold it that's not what God says that's not how God wants us to think and the only way that we can keep in that is by being in his word being with other other believers and as I tell my church, it doesn't mean that we're going to spend 100% of our time with other believers because then we can't witness anybody. You know, but your best friend should not be somebody in the world. <laughs> your best friend should be somebody in the church who thinks, with the, who thinks the same thoughts as, you, as you're wanting to think, who's in the Word of God. That should be your best friend. And it's important for us to get out. It's important for us to get on of this. Some of us, like myself, as a pastor, and all my life is geared around the church, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes I miss being out in the world and, and, and having unsaved people that thought I was a nut because I was talking about Jesus all the time. And talking about, what you know, you know what God did this week? And then they would look at you like you're an absolute crazy nut. But that's okay, because we are, aren't we? <laughs> as far as this world's concerned, we are nuts. Peculiar, yes, we're Peculiar. All right, let's see, uh, where did I leave off? First uh, four, you love all the devouring words, oh you deceitful tongue. Love all deceitful words. Do you know somebody that loves deceitful words? <laughs> loves to stir up trouble all the time? Loves to try to cause problems? Loves to argue that God is not God and, and, and stand up in different things? This was the description that David's putting of Saul, but it can very easily be us. If we're not careful, this could very easily be us that we are loving to cause problems, that we are loving to speak the world. Because we are fleshly beings, even though we are in Christ, we are perfect in Christ, we're still fleshly beings. And if I'm not living, living a crucified life, I am going to live in the flesh. And very important, we've encouraged the people in our church to read the Bible through every year. And we've got a plan in the back that says, you know, here, follow this plan. And you know, the greatest thing is reading your Bible every, every, every year, reading it all the way through. And then when you've been doing it for 30 or 40 years, it's still new. You're still, you know, I can't tell you how many times I go through my Bible reading plan and I get into a verse and I read that verse I didn't to look to God and go, God, why did you put that verse in my Bible? Because it wasn't there before. Now I know that it was there, but it's but it's become fresh and new and living. This is this book. I love this book. I love this book. Been studying it for over 40 years, and it's always new, always fresh, always going to bring life. In verse five. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of away, and pluck you out of your dwelling place and root you up out of the land of the living. This is a prophecy that basically David is saying, you know, Esau, you're you're going to have your, your Canumpans coming here. And you know, when we're trying to live this way, God gets after us. He may not necessarily take us physically out of our world, but I don't know how many of you have been out to the woodshed with God and saying no you're not going to do this you're not going to live this way you're not going to speak this way sometimes it may come from a brother or sister in Christ saying "Uh, you know I need to talk to you you're kind of going off the wrong direction sometimes if you're still sensitive enough it'll come from reading the word and God hitting you right between the eyes saying "Uh, you're not living this way you're not living correctly many many times that's happened to me Talk, talk to some people You have you ever been someplace where you know you're not supposed to be and all of a sudden God says what are you doing here you know, and you have a choice at that moment to say okay God you're right I'm not supposed to be here or let him deal a little harder with you by staying but God speaks to us and I love this and we're going to look at this next section because this is interesting verse 6 the righteous also see and fear and laugh at him lo this is the man that that made God not his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in the wickedness. This word for righteous here is not the usual word for righteous. It really means to show somebody who's kind of ceremonial righteous. And this is the kind of attitude the the ceremonial righteous or legalistic righteous have. You know, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) You're you're getting what you deserve. Have you ever been there where you see somebody and you say, wow, they're getting just what they deserve. Because there's that righteousness in you that says, well, you know, i have never been there. I'm glad that they got what they did. One time in my life, I saw somebody get really judged by God for his actions against myself and other other Christians. And you know, the one thing that I, my very first thought was he's getting what he deserved. But then my heart broke for him because of how hard God came down on him. And it's like, God, no, why are you having to do this? Why are you taking And This guy literally lost everything but his life. He lost his health, he lost his business, he lost his family. And it's like, my heart broke for him. I did not want to see him totally destroyed. I never liked what he did to me and other Christians, but I did not want to see him destroyed. And so that's, this first part of that verse is, this is the righteous person saying, ah, he's getting what he deserves. I'm happy about it. I'm laughing about it. And we've all been there at some time in our life, probably, where we've seen somebody get what they get what we felt they deserved, and we're kind of, oh good, they finally got it. But the second part of this verse, the last part of this, is David speaking. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of the Lord. Trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. He did not want to see Saul be destroyed. You look at the way David dealt with Saul. Multiple occasions had the opportunity to kill him and said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. He was anointed, God put him there. When God takes him out, I'll take my place. We need that kind of attitude. It follows into when Jesus was talking to the disciples that, you know, not all of you are clean. It is so easy. The world, the the desire of the flesh says, oh, I want to see them do what they deserve. God, just give it to them. I don't care about mercy. I don't care about grace. God, just give them. And yet then the flesh, it needs to be crucified and the spirit needs to come out and say, God, show them mercy. Show them grace. Give them grace. Get them saved. Bring them to you, God, and then teach them. Teach them. And that's ultimately what we need to be is serving God in a way that says, I just love you. Watching God work. God, I'm just going to hide in you. No matter what they're doing to me, I'm hiding in you. And you'll take care of them. You'll deal with it. You'll deal with the issues. And be able to just hide. Because his mercy endures forever. He doesn't give me what I deserve. I should not want other people to get what they deserve. Because God might just give me what I deserve. If I really, really want to wish somebody to get what they deserve... God might say, "Okay, I'll give it to them, but I'm also going to give you what you deserve." We don't want that. We want to show mercy. We want to show grace. And David is saying, "I, I will praise you forever, because you have done it. I will wait on your name, for it is good before the saints." The whole idea of name—we've talked a lot about this in our church—about the name, the name, the name of Jesus. So many people will be praying a a, a prayer and go, God, I want whatever. Give me a million dollars in the name of Jesus. And they figure they're praying in the name of Jesus. But that's not what that means. It literally means to depend on the reputation and honor involved in his name. We've talked about this. It's an old idea, but there used to be this fact that your name was all that you had. You had to have a good name in the community. And if you lost your name, it was bad. Your reputation, your honor, that's not out there as much as it used to be. But that is when we as Christians, we carry the name of Jesus. A name that deserves honor. A name that deserves everything out there to be his reputation. Which is why it's so bad when a Christian does not live out Christ. Because it stains the name. And even having said, lived out his name, living out Christ, it's not us that does it. We are crucified. We are put in Christ. He works out of us. The greatest blessing in being a Christian, and I love this, is I don't have a bunch of rules I have to live by. All I have to do is have Christ in me, let him crucify my flesh, baptize my, my being in who, in who he is, and then he comes out not because I'm trying to make him come out not because I'm trying to do great things but because he's so much involved into me he's changing who I am and out comes him and when he starts coming out I start obeying the law because he is the law everything about the law is who God is so when he works out of me I start obeying the law, not because I'm saying I've got to follow these laws, but because I'm crucified and he's working out of me. So it's so important that we see this. We see, I want to honor his name. I want to be in him. I want him working out of me. And as I tell my church over and over, I love God's plan because I crucify myself. Anything I do is worthless. He does everything and I get the rewards for it. Isn't that great? He does everything, and I get the reward. He does the work, and I get the reward that's eternal. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for having our visitors here, for your word, for your your, your direction, and we just ask you to be with us in the rest of the fellowship for this night and the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen.